Hello, friends. Samuel here. Just a couple of quick thoughts before we start the episode. First thing is you should definitely go to jhrcounseling.com and check out Mom's new website. Um, it's super cool. Uh, a whole bunch of our family members have worked out on it. So me, Emma, Mom have all put time into this. I bet your dad has. You know, who knows? But anyway, a Richard's family experience on Mom's private practice. Uh, we added um, a whole bunch of new pages and information that you can check out, as well as a Community Roots player that you can play Community Roots in her website, and Mom's new blog, um, which she posts periodically, and you can check out all on her website. So again, that's jhrcounseling.com. Go ahead and check it out. Another thing is our 50th episode is coming up here soon and actually i think it's next episode but we're going to celebrate a little bit late and i wanted to reach out to you all and see what thoughts you had about how and what we should talk about on our 50th episode so if you want to reach out to us we'd so appreciate that you know it's been over a year that we've been doing community roots now so it's a moment to kind of step back and reflect and also kind of build that community you know like we're talking about every week so go ahead and reach out to us you can do that by going um and emailing us at communityroots.pod at gmail.com or by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook by searching communityroots.pod. So we appreciate your feedback. Please reach out and um, just kind of build that relationship. Lastly, I would say if you could please review us on iTunes, on the podcast player of your choice. Um, We don't pay to advertise. We just rely on your good word mouth. And I so appreciate the reviews that have come in recently. So Um, I appreciate all your feedback, encourage you to go and rate and review if you appreciate what you hear on here and want to help us spread this kind of mental health talks, these um, good, good conversations. So um, anyway, without further ado, I'm going to let you guys listen to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. And, uh, you know, this is starting to feel like a regular thing again. We're back in the uh, recording studio. It's fun planning our uh, upcoming interviews and stuff like that. I'm glad to be back in the swing of things. Just glad to be with you. Always. <laughs> For sure. We were talking about earlier, maybe we should just record our regular conversations and release that. <laughs> There's as so much there. We just can talk for hours. So we could just record and anybody who wants to pretend that they're visiting with us. Yeah, for sure. I was imagining maybe we could have a giant pinwheel uh, or like a kind of Wheel of Fortune-esque wheel where it has a different topic. Choose the topic yeah, for the day. just CR that week. <laughs> but um, so this week we're going to cover listener questions. And I would totally encourage um, anyone who's at home and listens to Community Roots to submit your questions to us or start that conversation through Facebook or any of the comment abilities on um, your different podcast listening apps. Uh, I was just talking to mom about this being one of our favorite parts of doing Community Roots is that interaction back and forth. 
Absolutely. It, it feels good to have a conversation, but also to have a community. I think one of the passions for why we want to do this podcast is so that people will not feel alone and isolated. And sometimes people can feel really overwhelmed or lonely or lacking connection. It's hard to even know where to build relationships. I found for some people, mm -hmm. if you don't have a significant other or um, a family that you're living with and you're on your own, it's really hard to make connections. And so um, we're real people with real skin on and we are living this life right alongside all of you. And so um, we're just inviting you into that kind of relationship of just being healthy humans and making mistakes and learning from them and relating to each other and um, sharing in life together. And so we really appreciate whenever people reach out and ask questions or give feedback or want to engage the dialogue in any way. Um, we welcome that. We're so thankful that you're there. Yeah, and even these listener question theme episodes are inspired by our communication back and forth with you all. So, um, yeah, as we dive into that, I would just encourage anyone who does have those kind of questions to reach out with us. It's our favorite part. And if you are, you know, washing the dishes or maybe in your day to day, you have this thought like, I wonder about that. Then just send us a message, you know, like mom said, we're regular people. We have Facebook, you know, we have email. It's okay to message us and we welcome it. So onwards and upwards, as mom says. Uh, <laughs> I think I say onward, oh. onward and upward, like you mm, pluralized it. There we go. That just means I want to go onward multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> just to keep going, keep doing it. <laughs> uh, right. So uh, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and um, ask these right off the bat. We got a question in, how, how do you parent, you know, support and love a child who is chronologically an adult, but emotionally due to a processing disorder, uh, younger, uh, not fully mature? So I think one of the things to consider here is that we, we all have a biological age, how old we are based on the year that we were born. But then we also have an emotional age um, or things that have stunted us so that we haven't been able to fully develop and be emotionally mature or relationally mature. And I would say that could be true to some extent for all of us, that we have parts that there are these young parts in us that get kind of triggered or um, we have different themes that things that can be hurtful to us. Maybe when we feel unseen or unheard, um, invisible, those are some pretty common things that are true of humans, like that we have these parts of us that are really young. Um, but in the case of this question, it's asking specifically like if you are trying to parent and support and love your own child who is an adult by um you know the standards of you're not a minor anymore after you're after you're an 18 you're quote unquote an adult which is so ironic whenever the brain doesn't finish developing until 25 or 30 mm -hmm. so what do you do to be the parent or the support person for someone who maybe in one way is an adult, but in other ways is not. Hmm. So specifically for this one, 
the example given is for a processing disorder, but I think it could also be true of um, any kind of developmental delay. Mm. It could be true of adoption. It could be true of trauma Mm -hmm. because it could also be true. I'm going to add one more of um, mental health diagnoses Mm -hmm. because someone who struggles with severe depression Mm -hmm. or anxiety or OCD or um, suicide ideation, things like that, they are not fully independent if they need more support. And I think something to consider with all of these situations is that they genuinely need more support for the various reasons that, that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's an issue to consider, like, what are the needs that this child, mm. son, daughter, maybe might be a better way to say it, because technically they're not a child, even if parts of them are not fully able to be developed or cannot currently function in a way that is an adult. Um, so they might be adult children, but they might actually be more adolescent in nature. Like this particular example that was submitted was for like a 15-year-old. So on one level, they're kind of an adolescent. Mm-hmm. What do you do with an adult who's really still an adolescent, I think is what the question is kind of getting to. Right. I I do see what you're, uh, totally. I, I agree with what you're saying. It's a cool just to process that out. Um, I do think one of the things that you pointed out in the beginning that's important too is what we consider adult legally isn't connected to your actual development. You know, I don't really feel like I became an adult at 18. I think I'm still in the process. Right. But just to say that Definitely at 18, I was much closer to a 15-year-old than I was to a 25-year-old. Um, and so I think that's important to what society's expectations we put on each other for what is together and what just what things should, quote-unquote, should be. We talk about don't shut on yourself. But <clears throat> uh, that sort of thing I think is important to say just because 18 is the number that you can vote doesn't mean that you're developmentally there. So maybe having some patience. I think a lot of it where we get off track, maybe as the parent um, is the pressure, the societal norms of what is a traditional child turning into adult, or should I say child adolescent than adult? What, what is acceptable? What's a norm for that? You know, I would say a traditional view of that might be they're going to graduate from high school. They're going to go to a four-year degree. Mm -hmm. They're going to graduate from college. They're going to maybe get engaged, get married, have children, have a successful career. Mm -hmm. And as if that's better than or expected or needed, um... I've heard different parents trying to process, like, what do you do if that's not your situation that may be due to um, someone choosing a different path or having different timing of what works for them and trying to figure out their footing on um, where they want to put in the effort to, should I get a job? Should I take classes? Should I, I mean, how do you, 
I guess I'm using the word should and I shouldn't be. <laughs> there we cut that. But but that point of like just trying to find themselves, that's not always immediate anyways. Like this question is is speaking to a processing disorder, but it's also really, I just want to step back to a bigger scope to be able to normalize that you might not even have traditional children, adolescents, young adults who fit into some kind of societal norm. And I think in parenting that, um, it's so important to value your son or daughter for who they are, mm-hmm. not who you think they should be or who society says they should be. And being able to keep holding on to what helps us raise healthy humans. Mm-hmm. You know, a secure attachment means that I can see you and hear you and respect your sense of self, your autonomy, um, that you are precious and valuable just because you are here, Mm -hmm. that you are wanted and you are welcomed in the world and in my heart. And being able to convey that in ways that that matters so much more than are they moved out of the house? Are they on their own? Are they independent? Are they quote unquote functioning in society? Are they holding a job and helping their finances? Are they independent Mm -hmm. from a financial standpoint? I mean, if someone is not able because of whether it's a processing disorder or it's their mental health, they're maybe severely depressed Mm. or can't hold down a job, Or, you know, there are people who, because of their trauma, have a fear of being out in the world or getting a job or living independently. Like, those are real situations that happen. And you don't tend to see those being validated Mm -hmm. or respected or honored as as a genuine thing that can be okay, even. Because it... Yeah, because it's it's seen as if it's not the norm. So while everybody's bragging about their kids with their degrees or graduate programs or grandchildren or whatever, it's just, I think, a skewed view on what really matters. Right. You know, maybe two things that come to mind whenever this question, I'm just trying to think, you know, Hmm, what what would I would what would I kind of do in that situation? I think boundaries seems like a good important step. It's always a good for like one of the first steps you take. But essentially, I can see if you have a child who is has additional needs and has additional like um, support that they need, that it might be easy to get lost in that and kind of just turn into a different role. And I think it's important to. Also, like, separate yourself in a way that you're your own person. And so I think that's important Um, just in the day-to-day, especially just when having to support somebody else. And I think that's important. So then the second thing that I would say as well is maybe go through and define what is success for you or what, what, um, what expectations do you have and what do you want to hit you know, in terms of mental health or emotional growth, those are those are things that you can work on instead of viewing things through like a black and white lens of they're there or they're not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that this question said that, but just I think that's sometimes easy to clip into. 
But I think, um, you know, setting reasonable expectations, trying to find the skills and the support you need while at the same time maintaining your own personal self. I think one of the questions that I get from different people trying to process things like this are, I, you know, they don't want to be an enabler. If they have an adult son or daughter, they don't want to keep them um, perpetually stuck or unable to take on responsibility because they are um, taking on too much for them. And certainly we teach people if they're capable or not. If we are enmeshed and overly involved, the underlying message with that is that you're not capable. You can't do this unless I do it for you. And so that's obviously not a message that we want to convey. Um, but there is legitimate needs at times. And I think that's worth exploring a little bit is if someone is unable to navigate whatever the responsibility is, holding a job or having their own home or apartment or, you know, if it's an issue of skill set, like they have to be taught how do we handle our finances? How do we pay bills? How do we organize our calendar so that we make sure that we are getting enough sleep and getting to work and adulting, mm-hmm. so to speak? Like, so some of those skills can be taught. Um, but then beyond that, you know, for some people, because they are struggling with trauma or mental health concerns or something, and they just can't function, Mm -hmm. they really do need someone to give some added support, whether that's um, medically, like having any kind of physicals and prescriptions and, and care that needs to be monitored by more people than just a parent um, or therapy or um, making sure that they have the tools that they need to be able to be a successful person. But I think from the standpoint of what is success, like what mm-hmm. you were saying, does success have to be the norm? Mm-hmm. No. And, or does the norm have to be the only measure of success? Mm-hmm. Because it's like so much more important for me personally, and everybody gets to decide this for themselves. So this is my bias I'm sharing, and you can all disagree with me if you want to. To me, the most important thing for my kids to see is that I love them Mm. and that they are wanted and welcomed in this world Mm. and that they get to be their own person and that I want to hear and understand and see them and to be able to be a support to who they are in this world. All of those are attachment dynamics. Mm -hmm. That's having a secure attachment so that that individual can become a secure sense of self. So even if, you know, you have the parents that might be providing a roof over the the head for the older, adolescent, young adult, um, you know, if you don't want to enable, allow them to take responsibility, even whenever it's painful, you know, bills are tight, it's hard with finances, um, some of that is how you learn how to be controlled with how to spend money or learn how to budget, like, because you have to, if you're always there to say, here, let me cover that, then there's no way you can learn it. Um, But also you're really not enabling if the focus is continually on modeling and teaching mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. 
because those things will help a person to develop and grow and to become more. Ultimately, what a secure attachment does is prepares us to launch in the world that we aren't going to become. There's a fear of um, a dependency that is too strong. It'll keep someone back from development. And they said that that's really a paradox because what we need is dependency to know that we're safe and then we can explore the world. Mm-hmm. For sure. I see that. Yeah, I think those are all really great thoughts. A lot to process, too, at the same point. And it does also kind of show your role as a parent or parental figure, you know, being somebody who's there, who lets them know that they're valuable and worthwhile. And, you know, I, I really do keep flashing back to those pictures that mom made of this is what a boundary lifestyle looks like. And this is what a boundary less lifestyle looks like. And I think asking those questions sometimes too, you know, I just supported a friend, two friends and being able to, I felt like I was going, you know, way out of my way whenever I was tired already at the end of my rope, you know, to go help out some friends. But I sat with myself before I did it. And, you know, I said, this is something I can do right now. And I'm okay. It's, I'm comfortable doing it. It's, it's within my boundaries, you know, even though it is a little bit out of my way. Um, it, it's a good thing for me to do. And so I, w- I would encourage that as well, being able to test your own kind of self and know when you need space or when you need self care to help support someone. I've also lived at home post college and I know what that's like to be with, you know, to be an adult in your parents' home. And that's difficult as well. That has its own sort of innate conflictions, you know? So it's, it's okay to say, you know, it's a difficult time too, or a complex time, not necessarily mm-hmm. difficult, mm-hmm. but also I would say, you know, those are one of the times that I got to hang out with the family more than I have in a while. My senior year of high school, I was hardly at home at all. And then after college, I was, at home. <laughs> so it was interesting to get to re-know everyone. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I, I do think that piece about not sticking to societal standards and kind of, I think the way I worded it was just defining what you, def- you, you see as success mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. what you want for your kids, because I think that's important too. Sometimes we get so caught up, like, is success having the newest iPhone? No. I mean, mm-hmm. unless that is for you, right? But it's not. <laughs> Spoilers, <laughs> it's not. But um, just to say, too, like um, these Hallmark videos, these commercials that we see all the time, the news, um, how many famous people started in their basement anyway and their ki- parents trying to kick them out, just being able to let go of those expectations. And honestly, within the child who needed that support, um. I had to let go of those expectations as well mm-hmm. and just become my own person. And there's some grief in that. There's some mm-hmm. loss of, I thought this would look different than it does. You know, I think for a, for a parent raising a child who has developmental delays or disabilities um, or challenges, you didn't really know that parenting would look that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's created probably some really... Um, close bonding and connection and unique opportunities to be really involved and supportive in your child's life. But it's also probably created some challenge and 
exhaustion Mm -hmm. and having to really um, exert yourself whenever you've got your own responsibilities with your job or your own um, relationship, social interactions, um, maybe even relationships with grandparents that you're kind of stuck in the sandwich generation of, I have to take care of my younger kids. I have to be mindful of my parents that need support who are elderly. So there's just a lot of pressures Mm -hmm. on every side. And so really having compassion Mm -hmm. for how much you're trying to manage to give support, Um, not just, again, to kind of reference our codependency episode, not to just be giving all of the energy out Mm -hmm. to take care of one more thing and one more person and giving and serving and you're depleted yourself. So really self-care is so important for those parents. But another thing I just want to bring up that comes to mind is the idea that just because um, you're raising children who were in your home, I think this is a really messy question to consider. And I'm curious, Samuel, about your input on it, because, you know, I've, I've worked with different folks who are, I've seen both sides. I've seen the the parents who are saying, I don't want to enable mm-hmm. my son or daughter. And then I've also worked with the um, young adult who is unable to move out or is in more of a dependent role at that point. What do you do with like the, the piles of dirty dishes and the, the things that need cleaned up around the house and just how hard it is to live with people. I think it's it's fair to validate for everyone right now. It's hard to live with people mm-hmm. because everybody has a different way of having order or chaos mm-hmm. and what feels stressful and what becomes more stressful. Is it more stressful to try to keep it clean or is it more stressful to not have it clean and how that all affects all of our nervous systems mm-hmm. and how it affects our relationships within the home. So already living with people is hard, mm-hmm. but then you take this dynamic of I've got someone who's an older child, adolescent, young adult, but yet delayed in some way, mm-hmm. what, for whatever reason, I think it's important just as I've sat with it a little bit, and this is probably just one angle of many layers, but, um, to not treat that young adult as a child just because they're living at home mm-hmm. doesn't mean here's your chore chart <laughs> right. and here's what here's what responsibilities you have and I'm still parenting you mm-hmm. and so you're still my child even if you're an adolescent or an adult like there's so much like helicopter or hovering mm-hmm. but then the flip side of that and this is where I'm curious where you mm-hmm. land on it mm-hmm. Samuel um because the flip side would be we're a team. Mm-hmm. Like we need to work well together as a family unit. Mm-hmm. And that I think involves respect for each other mm-hmm. and for, I'm not going to expect that someone has to take care of all my dishes or my mess I make that I'm going to contribute. Mm-hmm. And I know that's really hard, even as I mentioned that, because I do know situations where folks, because of their limitations for mental health concerns or trauma or otherwise, where they don't have the capacity for that right now. And that's really hard. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out what someone is capable of or not, 
Are they able to be heard and understood that they're struggling and they need support Mm -hmm. and yet not throwing away all, uh, expectation or hope of having a contributing member of the family where we work together and we understand. So I just, I'm wanting to acknowledge how messy that is, Mm -hmm. but I'd be curious if you had any thoughts on any of that. Right. You know, the, the first thing that came to mind when you brought that up was something that you brought up, which was be treated like an adult. Um, it, that's like the number one thing is your worst case scenario as the kid is to go home and live with mom and dad and you're still 16 or 18 years old, you know, or you're still like that you still, so it, I mean, it is tough to balance as well. I think the other thing too, the difficulties of living with anybody in general is just figuring out how to communicate and how to, you use the word respect. Maybe the word that I would use in my lingo is having that other perspective. Uh, trying to envision what it's like to be in their shoes and to really listen to somebody to see how, and another question I ask myself is how can I make this sustainable? Um, and so even cause right, it, I've, I like to view things as a spectrum. So basically you will have to kind of figure out some mix of actually a lot of things rather than just like one thing or the other. But it does seem like listening to your child, like, you know, your child, you've, had them for X amount of years. It's got to be at least a little bit substantial and understanding where do they thrive? Where do they not thrive? How can we work together? And I also think that the perspective changes whenever somebody says, how can we accomplish this? Or how, once you turn this back onto the team, like we're on the same team, you know, how can we both want this to move and, you know, I would say, it, and, it, and it might depend on the person, but I don't think a lot of kids want to stay at home. Like, I don't think a lot of humans just want to stay still. I think if humans are wanting to stay still and recluse, then that might be a flag of something being not okay. And that's just my own two bits. That's not therapist approved. <laughs> but I will say like, it does seem more like a, um, like a flag that like your kid do- might not necessarily want to live at home and they need the tools and skills to be able to move beyond it. I know in my perspective, it, it was like a job situation and like just a life getting life together situation. And so it wasn't like a, Oh, I've tried outside and I like it just here. And it wasn't like a, Oh, this is where I can mooch. It's more about, whoa, let's get out of here. (laughs) I want to have a house. You know, I want to do what I want to do. And so maybe understanding that as well and trying to find ways to support that, Mm -hmm. um, support that growth or that movement. Um, Because, I mean, another thing to realize, too, is how young kids are in that they have no clue. If, If we are a summary of our experiences, then somebody who is 18 has vastly less experiences than somebody who's 36, right? They would have been 18 at the time of birth. And so they don't know the right answer. It's not just about, oh, why don't you just go get a job? It's like, because I only know five jobs exist (laughs) and I don't know how to qualify for the ones that don't. Like, And so I think it's very complex and I think, you know, I'm still growing up and I imagine that our relationship is going to be one that involves a lot of learning and a lot of touching back together. And I think, you know, even in my younger years, we impacted each other in that you were learning from me and I was learning from you, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it's like a lifelong connection, you know? And so this is just the next phase. And 
just the next phase in the relationship that you guys have another problem or another stymie that you'll achieve, you'll get through, and um, then you're better for it. And I, I also think emphasizing the relationship is important too, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it doesn't, I mean, I don't know where your priorities are or, or anybody's priorities are, but it seems to be like having a relationship with your child might be more important for them than them having a successful career. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But in that case, establishing like good routines, good lanes of communication, like mom said, saying, hey, this is a place where I love you and you're accepted and we're going to work as a team when you're here. And and I really do think, you know, that sort of thing starts to flip around. And then maybe this last example, which is just kind of my experience with employers. This is different than a um, parent relationship. But if I feel respected or valued, my work ethic is much different than if I don't feel respected and I mm-hmm. don't feel valued. Sure. And so by creating that space, like you said, it, it kind of spurs on like, oh, this is a safe place. Like now I can actually focus on my other stuff. And I think it's so important. I do think it, it's a stressful situation. It's a complex situation. But um, I think it's workable and doable. It relies on good communication, good boundaries with yourself and good with your child. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is one of those situations where week after week we talk about a new skill that you need to have to have good mental health or wh- whatever we talk about. But this is one of those times where you, you're using all of it. You're throwing it all together in order to uh, uh, accomplish these um, tasks that you're trying to. and. So I would just encourage, you know, um, trying to be your best self, trying to be within your window of tolerance, trying to just practice that good self-care like we talked about, and then step, 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 you know, it's just going to be small steps at a time. And realizing that we are all humans and we are all trying to figure this thing out, you know, that for a parent to get in touch with their own um, growing edges or young parts or frustrations or things that exhaust us or trigger us does not mean that the problem is with our child or adolescent or young adult. It means that here's an opportunity for me to keep working mm-hmm. on some of my stuff. Because I think the one thing that is going to be so true of parenting and adoptive parenting or foster parenting is you are going to get triggered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're going to because you're often outside your window. You're tired. You're trying to do so many different things. So things are going to be difficult and hard. Mm-hmm. I think for seeing your child or adolescent or young adult through the lens of who they are becoming, that they're figuring it out, mm-hmm. respecting that growth that they're in, Um, and that they're developing as being a good thing. And you are there to love them and support them and whatever that looks like and whatever they need. Um, If it's in finding more um, occupational therapy, physical therapy, emotional therapy, or if it's in um, learning skills or whatever it is they're needing, you're there as a guide and you are there as a support and a consistent person so that they can know that they're not alone in the world. And in that sense, they will grow and they will thrive. And it will look like whatever it looks like for them. 
It's unique for each person. And so allowing it to be unique, allowing it to be, you know, this relationship will look different than your relationship with maybe a different son or daughter or a different family has. Um, allowing it to be what it is and um, being uh, present with what you have, grateful for what you have, because it can be the best thing if you are able to be present with it and give it, like you said, show up as your best self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say too, as uh, like one of those kids, you know, who went back home after college or during college, you know, um, I started out college wanting to be like a diplomat to somewhere in the Middle East. And my views were different. My behaviors were different. And I'm so glad to be here where I am. And without those opportunities, I wouldn't be here, you know? And so, and I'm still in the process of figuring out who I am and what I am and who, what I like and what I don't like and where I want to go. And so it's incredibly difficult growing up. And to a point, people are doing that Today. every decade, right, right, right. every decade through. Like I'll have folks who come in who are in their mid sixties and they say, I don't know who I am. Right. I'm so glad that I'm 25 and I'm like, <laughs> okay, Samuel, let's uh, sit down. We got a good 50 years. Let's, uh, so, um, but anyway, you know, I, I do think that this is, uh, an interesting opportunity. I'm, I'm very grateful for the time that we've had together, um, because our relationship has grown so dramatically and we still had, I mean, at the time, I was still like, this is a pretty great relationship with my mom. We would do Bible studies together and stuff like that. And now it's grown so much further and more developed. And I'm like, whoa, I couldn't even comprehend this <laughs> mm -hmm. at like 15. And so I'm glad that it's gotten where it is today. Mm -hmm. And so, you know. That's a, that's a good point to make of just not thinking you're going to be stuck where you are. Like oh, that yeah. it will continue to evolve and develop and grow. And so, you know, sometimes it's funny. This is a little bit of a bunny trail from the original question, but just that, that sense of like, we've got to keep our kids small. Uh -huh. Like, I don't want you to grow up. You're my little baby. You're my child. And it's like so confusing to me because right. I just think it's so cool to watch these humans develop and mm -hmm. to grow and that our relationship can evolve and get better and fuller as mm -hmm. we share more experiences together. Like I would never want to hold you back and to keep you small. I will mm -hmm. always have those memories in my heart and I will never lose those. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it evolves, it, it changes and, and what you um, are noticing and growing for yourself as a person, like mm -hmm. as a parent, mm -hmm. you're always developing and growing and then seeing that in your child, your adolescent, your young adult, like, it's awesome opportunities when we stay open to them and we don't feel rigid right. with like society's expectations or pressures or what we think we're supposed to be. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think too, it's like climbing a mountain, you know, you look back and you're like, Whoa, I've come a long way. Mm -hmm. um, and we need each other. So if you are a parent that is with someone in that role, make sure you have support, have some good friends, sure. get some therapy if that's helpful and supportive for you keep listening to the podcast and just different resources. There's so many great resources out there. You so. know what I heard is that if you rate community roots, five stars, your kids behave. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
No, but I do appreciate questions like this. You know, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about things like this because I think it's super relevant that a lot of people are going through this as well. On different levels or different unique situations that people can resonate with. So it's so great whenever you reach out with your questions. Right. And yeah, and it's so extremely complex because like it's it's so funny. There's a lot of stuff that I want to say about, you know, society and the way things are and how that isn't healthy for humans. But dear listener, I will let you off the hook this time. <laughs> There's always more. <laughs> right. Same we as can bonus keep coming episodes back. where I just rant. <laughs> but I do think it's important, you know, uh, sure. not even in a way of critiquing society, but really sitting with yourself and asking, what do I really want? And what do I want for my kids mm-hmm. and um, my relationships and stuff like that? So, And what do I need? Right. Mm-hmm. What do I need? Mm-hmm. What do I think? A lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. So as we reach the end of this episode, we're like, man, we'll knock out three of these questions. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we get to keep coming back. Yep. So uh, look like forward that. to it. More listener questions on the way in the future. Okay. So as we uh, end the episode, uh, I was thinking about my gratitude this week. And actually it was within this conversation that I was thinking of, I am glad that things change. You know, I've I've come to realize that life kind of goes up and down, you know, it kind of changes and adapts, but I am really grateful for that change because even as I think that of that mountain analogy of just climbing that mountain and then looking back and being like, whoa, look how many accomplishments I've had in the past five years. Um, at the time I wanted to do none of those challenges (laughs) and all of those challenges were horribly inconvenient, very stressful. Mm. You know, uh, I was extremely depressed in college and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to deal with that. You know, that's a whole thing to deal with. And, you know, I'm grateful that life has changed and has Mm. moved on, that I've changed and that I've grown. Mm -hmm. And my problems of yesterday are almost like, oh, I can deal with that now, you know? And so I'm grateful because, um, you know, that's the way life is going to be, a constant change of... And I was thinking the other day, if I was like perfect at something, I probably wouldn't do it anymore. I've already done it. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've become like, I beat video games before. And then it's like, well, I don't play them anymore because mm-hmm. they're boring. And so this challenge of life, this consistent changing, this uh, constant ground moving, I mean, even within Community Roots, having to plan episodes last minute or having to do uh, conversations that might have been difficult, um, we were able to do and now we're growing. Like it's just, it's built into a stronger relationship. So even though life seems scary when it changes, I'm mm-hmm. glad it does. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great encouragement for people who feel stuck, mm-hmm. like people who are deeply depressed and um, really struggling and feeling like, oh, I'm never going to get through this. That's a great encouragement to be able to look back and say, oh, things are lighter. Mm-hmm. Things are clearer. I can see a pathway. I can see what I can do mm-hmm. to get to a new place. And sometimes I feel like my struggles, like my problems are still about the same amount, but I feel so much stronger now mm-hmm. where it's like making that phone call two years ago was my biggest stressor. And now it's like, okay, I got to make this phone call real quick. Mm-hmm. Whatever mm-hmm. it might be, whatever those obstacles might have been. Sure. Feeding myself in the morning, get, mm-hmm. getting only eight hours of sleep instead of oversleeping or undersleeping. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. of those things, you know. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. So I think my gratitude, I feel like I have several, but um, one is really about nature. 
Um, I've just done some repotting of plants into new plants, brought some new things into my office. I've got a little um, pansy flower that I'm curious how long it's going to last into the winter since I've got it inside. Um, replanting my Christmas cactus and this little plant that has these, Samuel can verify with me there's these cute little flowers there are flowers that like perk up and they just look like they're so happy like i come in here and i'm not ashamed to say that i talk to these plants because i'm just like you look so cute like i just love seeing the change that happens with um growth and seeing that in nature and and in plants and being able to nurture something right and like it just feels good and the uniqueness of each particular flower or and anything in nature there's just so many details that you can just if you need a little bit of a getaway and you don't want to take a vacation and you don't want to spend the money just like spending some moments and studying aspects of nature and how many details are in it the colors the textures the shapes you can just kind of get swept away it's like its own little vacation for sure, you know, uh, I remember <clears throat> in school growing up, I, I can't remember, it might have been Mr. Turner um, with our rock thing, but he was, it's not, one of my teachers was talking about how if you look at a grain of sand close enough, it's actually super interesting. And they showed us this super zoomed in version of a grain of sand and it looks like its own little world down there, right? It's wow. like a tiny little speck, whatever. And I, I think that is another cool thing about humans too, being able to find interest and complexity even in simple things so and you know what's cool is i think i remember that teacher and he took a real interest in you whenever you were struggling yeah Yeah. it was one of those times it was a um this is a turning event for you of like oh i can do this i will let our listener knows that uh let our listeners know that i've had multiple turning points (laughs) yeah and i've needed all of them and i'm very appreciative for all the times i've struggled and had support yeah. I wouldn't be here without this extra support that I've gotten. Yeah. So another bonus gratitude for you if you've listened <laughs> to the end. But anyway, thanks so much uh, for joining us on this Absolutely. episode. It was a pleasure. Uh, we will see you again in two weeks where we have another off the beaten path. And so uh, I look forward to it. It sounded like it was a great conversation. So we'll talk to you then. 